Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Thanks, Peter. Wow. Just while we were worshipping before, I saw a very clear picture of some people walking down the road of their life. And it was like there was a fork in the road. You could go to the right or the left. And I just felt this word of caution, even warning, that there were a few people running after a decision that looked so good with all the circumstances and feelings. But the Holy Spirit says, just check your spirit to make sure you've got His peace and approval on that decision. It's not saying some, some of the decisions you're making are right, but I felt a word of warning for several people, especially about some relationships that you were thinking of maybe running ahead with that just haven't got the peace of God, but all the emotions and all the circumstances and all the other people saying, yeah, go for it. But you just need to really make sure it's God's best for your life. Take some time this week when you're praying to say, Lord, what's your best purpose? Not just what feels good. Because when you're lonely or everyone else has got friendships, you can feel pressured. But remember our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's be led by the Spirit. And Marissa, when you were sharing, I just felt this compassion of Jesus has touched your heart. Uh, and let's Peter said, you're different, not just because of the mission trip, but God's released something in your soul. And there have been some things that have weighed on your soul and have tried to rob your peace and your freedom for quite a season now. But I, I just see in the spirit that they've been lifted off because now you have a purpose and a compassion and a focus. And it's the old is gone. Run with the new freedom in Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're so good. Lord, we're just so hungry for you. Thank you for your word now that's going to speak into every heart. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to respond in Jesus' awesome name. Amen. Thanks, worship team. That was awesome. Let's give them a big hand. Let's take our seats. Wow. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Seven weeks after we celebrate Easter, that's when the Holy Spirit was poured out. And so next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, and uh, just need to encourage you this week, let's pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, for God's Spirit to move. And uh, Brian and Moya Andrew will be here next weekend, and uh, we're going to take him into uh, Riverside School on Friday morning to speak to all the primary school students up there, and he's going to have three different sessions there, speaking into all the kids' hearts up there, and then Saturday afternoon for the parenting seminar. He's going to be uh, teaching primarily on parenting for uh, young children up to uh, about 12-year-olds. So if you've got teenagers, you're welcome to come, but they're going to be focusing on mainly on primary school and younger children. And uh, invite some of your friends along. Take that brochure. You might have some other people in other churches or neighbours. They will just share so well. They've sold over 50,000 of their books because they're writing things that are touching people across our nation and across the world. And so I encourage you to come along to that. I've been reading the book of Acts, and every time I read the book of Acts, action happens, eh? And God, the Holy Spirit stirred my heart again. And I started reading the first few chapters, and I was amazed, because it says there was multitudes. 
and there was increase and there were crowds and I've just finished reading through the gospels and wherever Jesus went there were crowds of people and it says there were multitudes and and just all these words about people coming and experiencing God's love and and truth and power and then I started to think about how did they step out as after Jesus left the disciples got filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 and that's what we're going to celebrate and uh, next Sunday night we're going to be looking at the 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 promise the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and uh, Brian's going to teach on that and uh, we're going to believe for God's power to touch all of our lives across our city But I want us to pick up the story in Acts chapter 4, verse 8 to 14. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John were on their way to the temple to prayer. It's a good place to go and pray. And as they were praying, they saw a man who had been crippled all of his life for over 40 years. And nearly every day, his family or friends would come and carry him on a stretcher. They didn't have motorized wheelchairs and all those things back then. And he would just beg for some money or some food. And the story in Acts 3 is, um, says that Peter looked at him and he told the man, look at us. Something happens when you get eye contact with people's hearts and God gets our attention. Look at us. And Peter said, silver and gold we don't have. Sounds like some preachers I know don't have lots of spare money. But what I do have, I'll give you in the name of Jesus. And he reached out and spoke healing. And this man was instantly healed. Now, Acts chapter 4, we pick it up. Every, you'd think everyone would be excited. So the guy goes in leaping and shouting and praising God. He's so excited. But there was a few religious people said, hold on. Who gave you authority to do that? They got more focused on whether they had the authority to do it. Instead of celebrating like everyone else was, this guy had never walked in his life. And here he is leaping and walking and jumping. That's what religion can do. It can bring destruction and take you on to focuses that aren't free. So they're in trouble. They're being persecuted, the leaders. Let's pick it up in Acts um, 4 verse 8. With that, Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, let loose. Rulers and leaders of the people, if we've been brought to trial today for helping a sick man put under investigation regarding this healing, I'll be completely frank with you. We have nothing to hide. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one you killed on a cross, the one God raised from the dead by means of his name, this man stands before you healthy and whole. Jesus is the stone you masons threw out, which is now the cornerstone. Salvation comes no other way. No other name has been or will be given by, to us by which we can be saved. Only this one. They couldn't take their eyes off them. Peter and John standing there so confident so sure of themselves. That fascination deepened when they realized these two laymen with no training in scripture or formal education, they recognized them as companions of Jesus. But with the man right there before them, seeing him standing there so upright, so healed, what could they say against that? Oh, I love that, eh? So healed, I love that. He was so healed that there he is standing, totally restored, and he'd been 40 years, more than 40 years old, never walked. What an awesome miracle. And then the guys are in trouble by some of the religious people who were probably jealous because they'd never seen anyone healed in their ministry. They'd struggled with Jesus. Now, Now there's all these other people preaching in the name of Jesus. 
So we've got this challenge going on. I love that it says they couldn't take their eyes off them. Peter and John standing there so confident, so sure of themselves. Remember, a few weeks before, after Jesus died on the cross, they're hiding. Jesus had risen and then they're still hiding in the, in the room with locked doors because they, they were scared they were going to get arrested and be killed or crucified. Now, here they are, boldly challenging the people, saying, you're the ones who killed Jesus. That's a nice way to make some friends, isn't it? If they were going to get arrested and, and beaten up, this is what was going to happen. But they're bold and confident... What happened? They got filled with the Holy Spirit and they started to realize that what Jesus told them to do was to go into all the world and preach the gospel was their mandate and they could do it when the Holy Spirit was on them. Let's read this in uh, the Amplified from verse 12 to 14. And there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among people by which we must be saved for God has provided the world no alternative for salvation. Now, when the men of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish high court, saw the confidence and boldness of Peter and John and grasped the fact that they were uneducated, untrained, ordinary men, they were astounded and began to recognize that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. Oh, I love this. How awesome here's this guy healed power of Jesus has set him free Peter and John now standing up there confidently boldly another version says courageously facing the persecution and opposition that was against them they've been arrested and beaten then they've been brought for trial and they get up and just say what are you guys doing don't you get it how awesome Jesus is here's the proof And I just love the confidence. I want to talk tonight about confidence and courage in our lives. If we want to see multiplication and the fruit of of the gospel today in great power, we need to have confidence. I know there have been times, and I've been on probably seven or eight missions trips now. Whenever I go on a missions trip, God throws you into another field of boldness and courage. I remember my first missions trip to Fiji was 22 years ago. That was an adventure. I went over there to do teaching for pastors. I ended up doing two outreach crusades in the middle that I wasn't prepared for. The first night I get up to start preaching because Tim Hall, the evangelist, hadn't arrived yet. His plane was late and they gave me two hours and I said, oh, by the way, you're preaching at the soccer ground crusade tonight. There were a few thousand people there, so I got two hours to get ready. I get up and I read this story in Acts 3 and as soon as I say the name Jesus a lady that was demonic started screaming and running through the crowd and the whole place went totally crazy. The young Bible college students were charging after, crash-tackled her like in a rugby scrum and took her out the back and got her delivered while I'm trying to preach and stay focused. I thought, this is fun, Fiji, let's go for it. That was my introduction to preaching in Fiji. But the power of the name of Jesus sets people free, heals people, breaks the strongholds of darkness and addiction and sin over people's lives. And God says, you've got to be confident. I filled out of my depth when I first stepped up and did that because I didn't know the language, had interpreters. I'd never been in that country before. But I learned that if you just step up with confidence, God shows up. 
But if I wouldn't have had the confidence to have a go and said, oh, no, I'm not really up to that. I've come to teach the pastors on the, the morning sessions. I love teaching pastors on how to, how to lead churches and how to love and disciple people. And God says, no, you've got to get up and be bold and confident and just preach the full gospel to these precious people. Confidence. It's the difference, often, of whether you step up and be what God's called you to be or we settle for less. I look at some of the great men and women of God and evangelists and pastors and leaders and Bible teachers. Do you know the reason why some of them are doing what they're doing and others aren't? It's because they just had enough confidence and faith to believe that what God's put in their hands, they can get up and do it. Confidence is often the missing key that determines whether you will be bold and courageous. Whether you'll have the courage to pray that prayer and to believe for the healing of Jesus. To sow that seed, to reach out in love, to do what God's told us to do. It's sometimes it's just having confidence. The missing element. I remember uh, Pastor Brian Houston at Leeds Hillsong many years ago. His wife Bobby, and she wasn't a competent preacher and lovely person. And I remember Bobby writes in her one of her books, says, my husband one day challenged me. Because Bobby was saying, I can't do what some of these other amazing women of God. He says, yes, you can. The only difference between you and them is they've got more confidence than you. And it was like something turned inside. And she says, God, give me the confidence to step up and be a leader like you've called me to be. And from that day on, she started to step out step up and the spirit of god started to use and now she runs color conference with tens of thousands of women around the world being impacted but she wasn't doing that all because she was just hiding behind her husband and his great ministry confidence and i've had the same many times i could have settled where i was but god will cause you to step up let's have a look at acts 4 29 just following on they got threatened don't preach in his name and then they got together with prayer verse 29 and now lord observe their threats take them into account so they didn't ignore the reality they didn't deny that there was a challenging situation and grant that your bond servants may declare your message of salvation with great confidence or fearlessly with great confidence the amplified says while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders attesting miracles take place through the name and the authority and the power of your holy servant and son Jesus. And when they prayed, the place where they were meeting together was shaken. A bit of an earthquake started to happen, but it wasn't actually an earthquake. It was the power of God came so strong that the building shook not only the people's lives. I've been in God's presence, sometimes my spirit starts to vibrate inside. Has anyone ever had that? You sort of, you, you, your stomach or your spirit just feels so alive and, and, and you, you just feel this spirit of God so vibrating and so excited inside because it's connected and filled up with the spirit of God. I've had that a few times it's like, and, and occasionally it feels like the whole building's shaking. It's probably you just shaking inside with the power of God. Sometimes we shake with fear. When you've got to get out and do something, you can feel your knees knocking together and everything's shaking out of fear, but it's different when your spirit is shaking in the presence of God. And it says the whole building started to shake like a physical sign 
that God was there. Why? Because they didn't retreat. They stepped up and said, we're aware of the challenge and the persecution opposition, but fill us with such confidence and boldness and courage. We're going to still pray for the sick and we're going to preach the gospel and we're going to love people and we're going to share the truth of Jesus with whoever you, you give us opportunity to. And it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, these have been baptized in the Holy Spirit only probably weeks before at the outpouring of the Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And they began to speak the word of God with boldness and courage. Wow. Now, that doesn't mean they were shouting out on the street corners. It meant they just had the courage to sow the seed when the opportunity was there. They had the courage to obey the nudge of the Holy Spirit to reach out in love and support to that workmate or that friend or that neighbor they had courage to do what the holy spirit told them so these characteristics are more than just confident personality some people are just naturally confident they come out of the womb that way you know some kids i don't know by the time they're a year older, they can take the world on. You know, they just have this confident personality. Others are timid and shy and, and have to try something 10 times before they'll, you know, they didn't start walking until they're about three because it was too scary to, to launch up there. You might hurt yourself, you know. Others, they're trying to walk at, at six months and even though their muscles and legs, you can't do it, but they're just going to have a go. This is much more than just natural confidence. Because if you have a lot of natural confidence without God confidence, you can end up run into a whole lot of brick walls because <coughs> you think you can do stuff before you're trained or filled with God's love and spirit that's okay whichever way we learn slowly or fast God's there to help us but this is about boldness and godly confidence to live your life to the max to have an overflowing life when setbacks come disappointments occur Fears come flooding in. The internal self-talk that lies to you and says, you can't do that and you're not trained enough and you're not good enough. And they could have said, well, we've never been to, to one of the uh, training schools where they'd study the, the, the Bible for six years or ten years, whatever it was. These guys were unschooled ordinary men, but they said they've been with Jesus for three and a half years and look what's happened. When you hang out with Jesus in the Word and His Spirit and in your presence and are willing to have a go and hang out with other spiritual believers, something rubs off. Boldness and courage and confidence will grow within your heart and your life. And I believe God's calling us as individuals in the church to step up in confidence to do what God's put before us. Don't pull back. Confidence grows when you are well-trained and mentored and led by the Holy Spirit. Some people don't have confidence because you don't know what you're doing. Some of us would be not very confident if we were, had a phone call tomorrow morning from the head of Olympics and say, hey, half of our athletics team have failed with drug tests. We need a few replacements. Would you like to join us for the marathon in 90 days' time at the Rio Olympics? And most of us wouldn't be real confident about our chances because we're not trained, we're not prepared, we wouldn't know what to do. Sometimes God stretches us with opportunities and possibilities and we think we're not ready, but God rarely lays an opportunity before us if he doesn't know that inside we're ready. Sometimes our head tells us we're not, but our spirit and our heart 
says, yes, step up and have a go with humility, courage, confidence. I believe God's stirring us. If we want to see Book of Acts results in our city, we've got to have a whole lot of more people that are just stepping up with confidence to do what God's called you and I to do. I was shy. I was timid. I couldn't speak publicly at all. I've had to face this stuff and learn to step up in confidence. And and God's thrown me in many places where he has removed all the supports and said, step up and do it. I was just crazy enough to obey and have a go. I've done Bible smuggling trips in the early 90s into Vietnam and and, uh, into Burma when it was very dangerous to do. I'm not sure. I look back now and think, I must have been crazy. But the Holy Spirit, I was young and crazy, but I was just willing to have a go. And I learned so many amazing things of trusting God. And I've done other things that, I look back and shake my head and think, why on earth did I do that? But God will take you. I remember I worked in a bank. I'd only been saved about 18 months. And I started talking to this guy at the bank. And he used to work for a company. And he'd come in and, and we started chatting. And for some reason, he'd ask what I did on the weekend. And so I'd tell him, I said, I go to church. We had a most amazing day yesterday. And he, instead of pulling back, he got curious and he'd start asking me questions. So every time he'd come in, he'd say, what's God doing in your life? Well, I mean, it was an open book, so I used to slow down the counting process. I had another couple of minutes to talk with him. And he got more and more curious. And one day he said, I'd love to talk to you some more. Would you come around to our place for dinner? So I was a single young guy eating bachelor food. So I went around to his place and he had a wife and a husband and, and three kids. We went around and had dinner. Five hours later, the whole family gave their hearts to Jesus. I was just a young guy, 18-year-old, trying to work out how to do this witnessing stuff. But I was just willing to have a go. Next day, I ring up the the youth pastor and say, hey, this happened last night. Do you reckon I did it right? And I told him what I did. And he says, yeah, that was awesome. They started coming to church and came to church for years. Whole family got saved because I was just bold enough not to pull back when they asked what you did on the weekend, but just sowed a seed. It's not hard. It's just willing to have a go. And so... I thought, God, you are amazing. So the more I've been willing to just step up and have a go with his confidence, beyond my own thinking and reasoning, it's amazing what God will open up for you. And I had times where I prayed for people and they didn't get healed and invited people to church or youth and they didn't come. But I did it enough times to know that when I was led by the Spirit, I saw the fruit. They faced persecution, opposition and pressure. They were just starting out in their ministry after Jesus had gone back to heaven. They still were trying to work out how to do this. Just like some of us are working out, how how are we led by the Spirit? And how how do we function in our gifts? Some of you, God's called to a public teaching, preaching, ministry or missions trips and and evangelism others he's called to be helpers and carers and nurturers and listeners and counselors and and administrators and organizers all the different gifts that God's put within us we've all got to have a conference say I'm willing to step up and learn and be trained and have a go that's what God wants I've just learned to say yes more often than I've said no when God's given me opportunities sometimes I did it with fear and trembling but I still was willing to have a go. And I believe God's stirring our hearts. Go over to Acts 5, the next chapter. It says, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. 
all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's Colonnade, which was like a big meeting area outside the, uh, on the edge of the temple. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. What happened? Some people gave some money and said it was all the money from the land, and it wasn't, and they dropped dead in front of Peter because they'd lied and deceived. Well, that brought a fear of God in the house, eh? If that happened here after the offering one Sunday, can you imagine the media that would be here and the police? And I'm thinking, dear God, it's hard to comprehend. But it was a new movement and God had to make sure it was on right foundations. So it says, no one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them and be as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Mate, they had a mighty move of God right across Jerusalem and all the surrounding towns because a group of men and women together said, we're willing to just be confident and courageous that what Jesus said will work. Wow. God, help us to step up in confidence. Don't do foolish things, but be led by the Spirit, and God will lead us step by step. I think, God, we want to see this city, this whole region transformed. God is preparing, equipping us, but I felt the Holy Spirit this week say, confidence is the missing link for so many people. We know what to do. We get nudged by the Spirit. God even opens up opportunities. But sometimes we're just too scared to walk through them or we half-heartedly do what God tells us because we're scared or afraid that people might react to us or we might fail. Wow, I've learned that if we step up out on God's Word and His promises, He says, I'll be with you. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptize people. Teach them. He says, I will be with you always to the end of the world. Some people say, I don't feel God's presence. I've learned, boy, I feel his presence real strong when I get out and do what he's told me to do because he shows up. says, I'm going to be here and, and support you. It's not just a nice feeling in church or in your devotions. That's awesome. But when you get out and do what God's told us to do, you will find he will show up more and more and more because that's his heart that's his nature i just feel god saying Stir, be stirred up to be confident don't step back i remember when i was about 20 i was working in a bank and i got invited to a sort of a send-off for someone from one of the banks and there was three or four banks all came together and, and when i was driving there i didn't know i only knew a couple of people that were going to be there and i said i remember praying this prayer i said lord I'm going to believe that before this night's over, I'm going to have a very meaningful conversation with someone tonight about Jesus. That was the simple prayer I prayed. So the whole night, I'm just connecting and chatting and just saying, Lord, is this the one? Is this the one? And just just being normal, not being weird. Towards the end of the night, I started chatting to this couple and it turned out that the husband, he didn't work in the bank, but in one of the other banks, but the wife did. 
And he was a backslidden Christian. He'd been brought up in a Pentecostal church and he drifted away from God. His wife had never really had any encounter with Jesus. But they just started opening up and started telling me their story and got really, really curious. And I shared with them. I challenged the guy, said, you need to get focused back on Jesus. And I shared the gospel with this lady and she was just all ears. It was only weeks later, they showed up at the church where I was an um, assistant youth leader. They gave their hearts to Jesus and my wife had the privilege of counseling her and I had the privilege of sharing with him and it was just so exciting. But I know that if I hadn't sown that seed, God might have found someone else. But what a joy it was to be a part of that. And they went on and served Jesus for many years. And it was just a simple prayer. Instead of just going and enjoying this going away party with someone, I said, Lord, open up a doorway where I can share with someone about Jesus. So from then on, whenever I went to a wedding or an event where there's going to be a lot of people I didn't know, I said, Lord, lead me to the person who's ready and willing or open for the gospel. And without fail, God will always open someone up when I go with that attitude. It's just a little step of faith that I've learned to do. There have been times, Marilyn and I have done weddings, and I remember one, one wedding we went, I did the wedding, the couple weren't Christians, but they, through some connection they asked me to do it. Marilyn sang, the whole night we could hardly eat our meal because the people kept lining up all night to come and talk to us about Jesus. We, we, we just left that wedding just absolutely stunned because when Marilyn sang the anointing of God come, they wanted to know what was that feeling happened when you sang? And I'd shared a few seeds of the gospel. It wasn't a Christian wedding, but they allowed me to do a prayer and, and talk briefly about marriage being a Christian wedding. And it was amazing how they all opened up. I thought, God, there are ways that you can do that. Just want to wrap up quickly tonight. Who's heard of the Romans Road of Salvation? Five scriptures or six scriptures. As I was preparing for this message, God gave me the Hebrews road for confidence. You ready? Six scriptures in Hebrews on the Hebrews road to confidence. You ready to write them down? Let's go. Hebrews 3, 6. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house, and we are His house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. So Hebrews 3.6, you're writing these down, you can look them up later. This is my Hebrews road for confidence that the Holy Spirit showed me this afternoon as I was getting ready for tonight's message. The Hebrews road for confidence. If you struggle with confidence, here's six scriptures that you can pray over and meditate and memorize and it will give you some rocket fuel in your soul for confidence. The second one, Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need wow hebrews 10 35 and 36 hebrews 10 35 and 36 so do not throw away your confidence it will be richly rewarded you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of god you'll receive what he has promised the enemy will try and steal your confidence He'll try and rob it by other people's comments. Oh, you can't do that. You're not old enough or, or you're too old or you're not trained enough. You can't do that. Who said you can't if God says, I'm going to flow through? If you believe in Jesus, you can do all that God's asked you to do. Next one, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith 
is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's faith. Faith is linked to confidence. If you don't have a confidence that what God's Word says is true, you're going to struggle stepping out and doing some faith stuff. Next one, Hebrews 13, 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Oh, I love that. That'll help deal with the fear of people and what they might say. We say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can the immortals do to me? And the last one, Hebrews 13, 17. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you in other words grow in confidence by following confident leaders god's put some really confident leaders in our church humble surrender to the holy spirit but as you follow confident leaders and mentors and spiritual mums and dads let me tell you you will grow in confidence god will strengthen you and you'll end up doing exploits and being champions for god that you never ever would have dreamed you could do when you hang around with a bunch of champions, guess what? We all end up excelling and doing more. That's my Hebrews road for confidence. I'll end up developing that into a, an, another full-fledged sermon, but God gave it to me. I want to just share one more scripture before we wrap it up tonight. 1 John 3.18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and He knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him did you hear that one of the great robbers of confidence is condemnation the enemy is the accuser of the believers and he will try and condemn us and say hey here you are stepping up and believing that god can speak through you and love through you what about what about your past what about last time you tried to do that what about last time and your past. And whenever the devil brings up your past, you just remind him of his future. The enemy will try and condemn us and bring fear and shame and guilt over our lives. But I want to say, in Jesus, we can step up and be free. God's perfect love drives out fear. Let's stand in his presence. <clears throat> Wow. I want you to just think a moment. What's God been speaking to you tonight through this message? A whole lot of us have got things in our past or maybe things we're still wrestling with right now that just take the rug out from under our feet and tries to block us from fulfilling all that God has called you and I to do. 
Let me tell you, if we want to see Book of Acts type move of God, we're going to have a whole pile of people that are stepping up with confidence to be all that God's called us to be. Wow. Wow. Not perfect. Still learning how to do it. Stumbling along at times. But there's some people here tonight, and I believe this word is very specifically for you. You have stumbled and settled for less because you haven't been confident to step up and face your fears and to know that God has really, really called you to be free and to help others. I can feel it. I can feel the battle in your soul. Oh, Jesus. We're going to sing this song just a few times. Just got a few minutes before we finish our service. What I feel to do is just to open the altar. And if God's been stirring your heart, this message has really stirred you about confidence, about dealing with condemnation, guilt, or fear of man. I'm going to encourage you just to stand or kneel here at the front just for a few moments. doesn't mean people are going to necessarily pray for you, but for some of you, you need to take a step. I had to take a step and get on some of those missions trips. I've had to take a step and speak to that guy at the bank. I had to take a step and believe that when I prayed that God was going to open a conversation with someone that it was going to happen. Some of you have done that and more. But there's a whole lot of us have settled for a lot less or a bit less than what God has for us because the enemy's condemnation. Words of hope in your heart. For some, God's going to change the faith picture in your mind. And you're going to see yourself doing what God has called you to be and do. You're going to start to see it and feel it. You're going to start to believe it can happen. For some of you, something that happens occasionally is going to become a regular occurrence of sharing Jesus with other people. Some of you are encouragers and you do it occasionally, but you're going to find nearly every day God's going to put someone on your heart to speak a word of faith or hope or encouragement into their life. Those things that are occasional are going to become regular. I just see that ministering and happening in people's souls. Oh, Jesus. Lord Jesus, let that condemnation go. Give us an eternal perspective, Lord, not just a momentary perspective, but Lord, give us an eternal perspective of people that how broken they are outside of you. How empty their world is without hope in Jesus. The reality of heaven and hell. Give us an eternal perspective, Lord. Oh, Jesus. I just feel the love of God drawing people's hearts tonight. Confidence. Confidence. He will give you confidence. Right now as we're in his presence, maybe you've never really met this amazing Jesus. Maybe you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. You know about him. Maybe you're in this place tonight. Someone's invited you or you've just come. And you know about Jesus, but you realize, think, well, I don't really know the full forgiveness of Jesus of my sin. I know him in a religious kind of way, but I don't know that freedom that Jesus truly can give my life. Or maybe you've known him once and it's time to reconnect. Reaffirm your faith tonight. If that's you tonight in this holy moment right now, I invite you, whether you're at the front or the back or in the middle, if you feel the Spirit of God calling you to 
Invite him to be your Lord and Savior, to step, take a step towards him and say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. If that's you right now, just lift your hand and say, Pastor Ross, please pray for me. I want to, I want to get to know this Jesus. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. Maybe you've never done it or you need to come back to him. God bless you, sir. Who else? Yeah, God bless you. For some, this is a first-time decision. For others, this is a clear recommitment. If you're down the, in the middle there, just come and join us at the front here. I want to pray. Oh, Jesus, there's something happening in people's hearts. Don't, don't, don't leave yet unless you need to. Spirit of God's here. Just come right down the front. If you put your hand up and you want to make this decision or reaffirm it, God bless you, mate. Coming back. This is so powerful. So powerful. Wow, God's touching your heart. You've known Jesus, but something is breaking loose over your soul tonight. There is brokenness and pain. I see it's like an umbrella that has been over your soul that has stopped you receiving the flow of God's unconditional love and hope for your soul. It's like an umbrella of condemnation of shame and rejection over your soul. But tonight you've said, I need Jesus to set my heart free. God's heard the cry of your heart. He takes your hand. He says, I will lead you. I will lead you into freedom. Right now, I release him, Lord. I see that umbrella, Lord, blown away by the wind of your spirit. I see his soul opening up now to the freedom of Christ. I loose him from every stronghold. Every scheme of the enemy has tried to rob from his soul. I loose you now to a place of freedom. Your love would so overflow his life. Let the freedom of the Spirit now fill his soul. Oh, Jesus, just fill his soul. Release him now. Let the rain of your Spirit just come over his soul right now. Right now, right now, in Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus. Those that said I want to make Jesus Lord of my life I want to lead us all in a prayer and it will be a prayer of surrender for those that are coming to Jesus or coming back to him but it will also be a prayer of saying Lord I want to grow in freedom and in confidence in you why don't we all close our eyes and let's pray this prayer as a confession the Bible says confess with your mouth Jesus Lord believe in your heart that God has raised from there and you will be saved. You walk into a new place of freedom, of restoration. Why don't we pray this prayer? Those that have put up your hand and said, I want to connect with Jesus or come back to him. Why don't you pray this prayer tonight? Wherever you are, God sees your heart. And all of us, why don't we join in this prayer right now? Because I feel God's love. There's one or two here, you're still saying, wow, there's a pretty full-on meeting i've never been in something like this before and but you feel something happening in your soul that's god's love drawing you don't pull back just say why don't you say this prayer with us and let it be an opening of your heart to jesus right now why don't you take a step of faith say wow i don't understand it all but i know there's something real here why don't you pray this prayer with me right now let's pray it out loud father god thank you for sending jesus to be my savior and my Lord, I ask you tonight, forgive me of my sin. I repent and I turn to you. I choose to follow you with all of my heart. Set me free 
from sin and shame, from condemnation and guilt. Fill me with your love. Fill me with confidence. Fill me with freedom. Thank you for hearing my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Now just lift your hands to heaven for a moment and just let, it's like you just reach up and receiving his love and his hope. Just reach up and just for a moment, just say, Lord, fill me with your love and your hope and freedom. I can feel it just coming over your soul. Oh, Jesus, let that love and that hope and freedom fill every heart. Lord, freedom right now, right now, right now. That rejection must go in Jesus' name. That fear of man must go in the name of Jesus. Oh, that condemnation and and guilt and shame of the past must go in Jesus' name. Because your love, your love is setting free right now in Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. There's a holy moment. I can feel something very powerful happening in some people's lives. Some of you have seen yourself as an alcoholic or a drug addict. But by God's grace, you're going to see yourself as a man or woman of freedom. Some of you have seen yourself as a rejected shameful person but God's going to give you a picture that you don't declare that's who you are anymore but now you are a new person in Jesus Christ you are free in Jesus you're free sir you're free you're a new man the old is gone the new has come in Jesus name oh God just help us to see that in our souls father that we are free 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 in Jesus name just reach up and let Jesus touch your heart All God says is take a step towards me and I'll come and I'll take a step towards you. Oh, I just feel God drawing some. There's more people even now just feeling drawn to his love. It's like the Spirit of God's just reaching out and saying, come, come follow me. Come follow me. I will will change you. I'll give you a purpose and a hope that you've never had in your life. Oh, God. Oh, God, I see, I see. I see something breaking off of your mind tonight. It's been a mindset of failure that you've never been good enough. I hear the echo of a father figure or someone significant in your life that has said you're not good enough and you're a failure. The enemy has picked that up and hammered that in your soul every day. But today, I see the hand of Jesus crush that lie and the truth is you're a man who can live in freedom. The truth is your life will help others, not hinder others. Jesus, 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 be Lord of this man's mind and heart. Oh, fill him with your Holy Spirit and power. Fill him with your Holy Spirit and power right now. Oh, the love of Jesus is touching lives right now. Oh, Lord. Let your love. We'd like to make sure you get a Bible and uh, just to give you, give us your phone number if you're willing to and so that we can help connect with you and, and support you. And Pastor Doug's over here and uh, and if, if this is a first-time response or it's a significant recommitment and you need a Bible and you'd like someone to just talk with you, just come over to Pastor Doug here. If someone's brought you up, just take them over there and we want to make sure that you know the love of Jesus. Oh, God. God's going to take you on a journey of freedom. What's your name again? Luke. 
That's a Bible name. Do you know the book of Acts that I was preaching on? Luke wrote that. Luke wrote that book. He was a doctor in Jesus' time. He wrote the book of Luke and he wrote the book of Acts because he was recording all the amazing things that God was doing. And I believe God's going to do some amazing things in your life, Luke. You've had some hopes and dreams and they've been dashed a few times. But you've come saying, I need a fresh start. I believe God's going to help you, Luke, to make a fresh start. I want to encourage you to read the book of Luke about what he taught about Jesus and the book of Acts that Luke wrote because it's no accident your name is Luke. You read those two books of the Bible and ask God to show himself to you and see what happens. He's going to give you confidence to be an overcomer, not someone that's a failure. In Jesus' name. Father, I just pray for your amazing presence. We'll just fill all of our lives. Lord, help us to live lives of confidence and freedom. Help us to go through those scriptures, the, the Hebrews road to confidence. Let us get them in our spirit and we would live with confidence. Lord, bless your people. Help us carry this good news across our city and community this week. Lord, bless us in our life groups and our various ministries. The parenting seminar on Saturday and next Sunday morning at, at church here and next Sunday night out at the Baptist Church. Lord, give us a great night as we join together. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.